Oh my god, talk get about the hell out of here. You can dude. talk about Rogers get the hell out of here. Okay. Well, what is the need to bring up the Yankees? You it's just, I it's just it's just stuff to bring up. Are you kidding me? Come on, dude! This came out of nowhere! Clemson is a top team. Don't start with that. Clemson's a top team, no doubt. A hundred percent. Unless they're on Saturday. Then, then they might move down. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Goat Chat. We are back after a little uh, break for the holidays, but we hope you all had a great holiday season. And uh, we're going to jump right into the goat of the number 63. Um, I'll start with you, Mike. Who is your goat of the number 63? I'm going to go with Gene Upshaw. I mean, uh, again, this number isn't really uh, flamboyant or anything like that, but Gene Upshaw was one of the best offensive linemen of uh, the 1960s and 1970s. And his career spanned for a long time, almost uh, 14 years. Um, he played left guard for the, the Raiders, a seven-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro, two-time Super Bowl champion, one-time AFL champ. And he's also a part of the Hall of Fame 1970s team. He was just a staple in that Oakland offensive line during the 70s and one of the best offensive linemen of all time. Yeah, that's a great pick. Um, Matt, who do you have? I'm going to have to agree with Mike. I'm going to go with Gene Upshaw. Uh, just all his Pro Bowls, all pros, and the the two Super Bowls that he has, including the AFL, you know, you got you to gotta count what was before the Super Bowl. They're all just amazing, and I think that, I don't think anyone can top this guy. Absolutely. Connor, who do you have? I'm going to disagree. I'm going to go with a centerpiece of an offensive line. I'm going to go with someone more our time frame. I'm going to go with Jeff Saturday, who was the big part of uh, Peyton Manning's success holding down the line. He was a six-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, and he did have a Super Bowl champ um, championship with the um, Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, the numbers aren't as – great as what uh gene upshaws were but i truly believe that him being a centerpiece of an offensive line in indianapolis um helped peyton manning's success yeah that's another great pick and i'm gonna go with gene upshaw as well um i think that you covered it matt and mike you gave all the stats he's in the hall of fame seven-time pro bowler he put together a really great career with the raiders and um i think you touched on you know, all of his stats and accomplishments, but he had a great career. And um, I think that your pick, Connor, is great as well. So, um, yeah, I think we had some good picks here. There you go. We have a great episode planned for you guys. It's the first one back from the holiday. As Tommy said, we all hope you guys had a great holiday season. Now let's get back into the swing of things with Goat Chat. <laughs> Welcome back to Goat Chat. We are back to talk about some college football. Since we've uh, been on break, Obviously, there's been a lot of college football news, including the Final Four, college football playoff. We found out that Alabama's at one, Clemson's at two, Ohio State at three, and Notre Dame at four. Uh, that meaning that Alabama and Notre Dame are going to be playing in the Rose Bowl at four o'clock uh, this coming Friday, New Year's Day, and then Ohio State-Clemson, a kind of a rematch from last year, is going to be playing at 8 p.m. on uh, Friday as well. And then we also found out that the teams not making it into it, meaning five and six, were Texas A&M and Cincinnati. Could be a snub there, could not. We'll, we'll find out what we think coming up in this segment. I'd like to start out with uh, these two games. We're going to start with Alabama and Notre Dame. Personally, I think this is a little one-sided. I'm not sure if any of you guys are going to go in the favor of Notre Dame, but I think Alabama is going to take this one. We saw what they did against Florida. Connor thought Florida was going to win. 
Um, but we saw what they did against Florida. It was a really, it was a shootout, but you just see what that offense can do. I think it's the best offense in the country. So I think Alabama is a hundred percent probably going to kill them at least. I don't know what the spread is, but I just think 19.5. I think they could, I think they're probably going to cover that. Uh, Connor, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to have to say that this game is also pretty one-sided. I mean, Mac Jones and Devontae Smith are both Heisman finalists. They both had great, um, great seasons. They could both find themselves in the first round of the NFL draft this upcoming April. Um, I, I just think the offense of Alabama is going to be too outmatched for Notre Dame's offense. Notre Dame does have a pretty decent defense, and they've shown that throughout the throughout the season, maybe lacking the two games against Clemson because of Clemson's offense. But, I mean, Ian Book is going to have to play to his highest potential, the best game he's played his entire career if they want to be in this game and to try to find a way into the college football um, championship. Not to say that this hasn't happened before. I mean, remember back to the first college football playoff in 2014 when the Ohio State had Cardell Jones going up as a four seed against Alabama, and and they wound up winning that game, and then they beat Marcus Mariota and the Oregon Ducks in the championship. So not to say that Notre Dame can't do it, but it, it's going to be a tough road for them to go up against Alabama in the first round. Do you think they cover the spread? Might as well ask that. 19 and a half. I mean, what was the spread for Florida? That was 14 and a half or something along those lines, and they only lost by six. I I don't know. Alabama's defense has definitely got to step up. I think Alabama's defense has definitely been the focal point of their practices lately because Nick Saban, he doesn't like getting scored 44 points on him. That's that's not Nick Saban. Or I think it might have been 46 points. That that Nick Saban was not happy with that SEC championship game. Yeah, your offense put up 52 points. When your defense is allowing 46, there's still something wrong there. So I think the defense is definitely going to have to step up. Um, I'm going to say they don't cover the spread. Tommy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think that it's definitely Alabama here. I don't think it's going to be particularly close, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if Notre Dame made it close because we've, we've seen it this year. They are a really good team. Um, you know, obviously, they're the fourth-ranked team in the country. And it's debated whether they should be in or not because of that loss to Clemson in the ACC title game. And, you know, they didn't look great. 34 to 10 was the final score. And, you know, their defense has struggled a little bit over the past couple of games. Um, the game before that was against Syracuse. They gave up 21 points. And, you know, nothing against Syracuse. I'm a Syracuse fan, but at the same time, when you're giving up 21 points to that team, you know, it's not great. It's not a great day, but, um, but you know, they're going to be, I think they'll be okay. I definitely think that they'll be rested and ready to go for this game against Alabama, but you said it. I mean, Alabama, they're the, the undisputed number one team in the country. They're, they're incredible. They've had a really good year. So I have to go with Alabama here. I, I don't think it's going to be that close, but I think, at the same time, you got to recognize that Notre Dame, they're a really talented team. They could make it close, but it's uh, its going to be Alabama for me. Same question to you, Tommy. Do they cover the spread? Um, No. I'm going to say no. I don't know. that Maybe. But I'm going to say no. <laughs> Mike, what are your thoughts? Yeah. At this point right now, Alabama is is probably the best team in the country. Um, they have uh, the best offense. I mean, high flying with Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, and uh, Najee Harris in the backfield. They just are so um, efficient through the air and on the ground. And 
Um, I really don't see any way Notre Dame stops them. I, I really don't. Um, I just think Alabama's no matter, you know, how much their defense falter last week against Kyle Trask and Florida, um, I think Nick Saban will, will get it together, at least for this game. And I, I think they're going to handle um, Notre Dame pretty easily. And I mean, yeah, Connor, I, I, I do think that they will cover the spread. I think they'll win like 20, 27 points. Uh, imagine if Jalen Waddle was actually playing too throughout these games. I mean, Jalen Waddle went out. I think he broke his ankle very early on throughout the season. And I mean, that's the reason why Devontae Smith stepped up in such a big role. But they had Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith both on the field. I mean, this offense wouldn't be stopped. They're not already stopped. And I mean, I don't think Devontae Smith. I don't think Devonta Smith would be even a Heisman consider if Jan Warren was on that offense because he's kind of carrying that offense per se. Um, because I mean, nothing against Mechie, but Waddle and Smith are an, another tier. I mean, they're two of the best wide receivers coming up in the, dra- the draft class in April. So it, it would be unbelievable to see Waddle with, with Jones and Smith on that offense. It would blow my mind. I mean, we, we go back to, the LSU wide receivers and Jamar Chase. And I mean, we probably opened up this college football season with, with him being the number one, reci- one number one receiver going into next year's draft. And now I'd probably rank him at two or three. Yeah. Um, I would probably rank him at two. Yeah. I, I think Devonta Smith is the best receiver in this, in this upcoming class. It just, so Jalen Waddle broke his ankle. That's why I'm ranking him at three. We're kind of going off task, but still. I would rank the, uh, Waddle at three because he had a broken ankle. He's got to recover from that. I would put Chase at two because uh, he opted out. And then Smith at one. There's nothing to me that says Smith is not going to be an amazing wide receiver in the NFL. Why don't we swing it into the the next game, the more contested game, I would say. They had a really good game last year in the college football playoffs. The same spot. It's number two, Clemson versus number three, Ohio State. Obviously, anyone watching this podcast knows that I am an Ohio State fan, so this is definitely going to be one that I'm going to have my eyes tuned in on. But I'm going to get the other guys' uh, comments here first. Mike, I'm going to throw it to you first. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Clemson here. I, I really don't think it's going to be necessarily close. I think Clemson will cover that seven-and-a-half-point spread. I feel like Ohio State, besides like like the first couple weeks or so, They've been uh, kind of underwhelming. They almost got upset against <clears throat> uh, Northwestern, a very small school and not not nearly the tier or um, legacy that Ohio State has, right, in, in the football, in the college football area. And I feel like Justin Fields is underperforming. Um, while Clemson, ever since that, you know, they've lost against Notre Dame and they've gotten Trevor Lawrence back, they have been steamrolling through every team they faced. I mean, they lost by seven against uh, Notre Dame in, uh, their first, in their first matchup, but then they, they just destroyed them by 24 in the ACC championship. So I, I, I really don't see any, I mean, unless Justin Fields uh, turns back the clock a little bit and, you know, plays a lot better, because he's going to need to play like his former self if Ohio State even wants a shot at this game. Tommy, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with you, Mike. I think that it is going to be Clemson. I think it is going to be a close game. And, you know, at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if Clemson did run away with it because, you know, they have a great defense in that offense with Trevor Lawrence. Um, They're pretty difficult to stop once they get rolling. But 
Um, I think Ohio State's a really good team. And, you know, I know that some were saying they shouldn't be in, uh, you know, because they only played six games this season. And I think that you brought up, Connor, maybe we were talking about it um, off the air, but, um, you know, Dabo Sweeney ranking them number 11 in the coaches poll. I think that that's definitely going to give Ohio State um, you know, something to prove. I think that they're going to come out ready to go, and I think they'll play well. Um, but I just think that Clemson's too strong of a team um, with all the players they have to not win this game and, you know, have a rematch with Alabama, hopefully. But, um, you know, I think it's going to be a really good game, but I think that Trevor Lawrence and, uh, you know, Brent Venable's defense, I think they're going to play well and be able to uh, get the win. Matt, what, what's your analysis here? As much as I hate Ohio State, I think this is going to be a close game no matter what. Um, I'm going to take Clemson here just because Ohio State hasn't been performing what I thought they uh, they would perform, especially in that Big Ten championship. Um, the thing about Ohio State, which I think they quite possibly could win, is because of their run game. They're going to have to pound the run. Um, I don't remember. The, what was the running back's name that got had a monster game? Trey Sturman. They're gonna have to pound the ball with him. I don't think I don't think they're gonna have a throwing game, but I will say Justin Fields needs to have a really good game because what he's looking at now, if he wants to go into that draft and he wants people to be, um, the, he wants GMs to rely on him uh, and feel comfortable picking him. He has to have a really good game, especially if he wants to get in that top two. I don't know, depending on what the Jets even do, you know, who knows? Top two, three, four, whatever spot. Uh, he's going to really have to have a great game. So I think Ohio State quite possibly could win, but I'm taking Clemson. I I think Clemson is – they're the more superior team. You guys know I have to go Ohio State here. I'm so far down. Have to I'm go. Gonna, I, I have to. I mean, here's the biggest thing is we mentioned Justin Fields' struggles last week against Northwestern, and he absolutely did struggle. But he also was without his top wide receiver in Chris Olave, who is out due to COVID reasonings. And Chris Olave is going to be back on the field this weekend. And Chris Olave has been Justin Fields' number one target throughout this entire season. So him being back on the field is definitely going to be big. And that's going to boost up Justin Fields' numbers. Because, I mean, we saw – I don't know if you guys actually watched the Ohio State-Northwestern game, but there was so much miscommunication on the field between um, Fields and his wide receivers. When they were supposed to run it out, he was running – he thought it was like a stop and go. And there was just so many miscommunication with, with Chris Olave back in the field. I truly believe that that communication is going to be back in there and they're going to be able to communicate well. Um, Trey Sermon was just mentioned. He had over 300 yards in the Big Ten championship game. And he's their number two running back. I mean, Master Teague also is a very viable option at the running back position. So I just think that these guys, they're going to be able to play well. Obviously, Clemson does have a very good defense, but they're going to be able to play well. And then, I mean, Clemson, they have Trevor Lawrence. They have Travis Etienne. Like, everyone knows who Clemson has. I, Tre Trevor Lawrence, though, also has been playing against very great defenses or cornerbacks throughout this entire season. And with, with Ohio State having Sean Wade in the, in the backfield of the secondary with this Ohio State defense, and Ohio State's always been known for good, good secondary players going into the NFL, I, I truly believe that Trevor Lawrence could struggle. I mean, we saw them – we saw the game a year ago – um, in the college football playoff. Both quarterbacks had great games. Trevor Lawrence ran the ball more than he threw in that game, I remember. And then obviously it ended with a Justin Fields interception. That was miscommunication. Um, I think it could be a little bit of a different story here. I, I am going to go Ohio State. I, I think they can pull this game out. I mean, I don't know why everyone was smiling throughout that entire thing. I'm, 
<laughs> I think we were first smiling at the name Master Teague. <laughs> That's yeah. an incredible <laughs> name. But um, they're going to have to rely on, like I said, pounding the ball. Because you look at the teams that they had before that were really successful. You got Ezekiel Elliott, uh, J.K. Dobbins. So they're going to have to rely a little more on the run. I mean, Fields is going to have to throw too, but I would say more running than uh, throwing, especially when given last. But, you know, a lot of it coming back, they could – uh, come out throwing right away. Depending I mean, when you when you look at the when you look at the past Ohio State teams, I think Justin Fields is leaps and bounds above any of the other quarterbacks that have made appearances. I mean, you had J.T. Barrett, Cardell Jones, Dwayne Haskins, who just got cut by the Washington Football Team. I mean, they they didn't have these top of the line quarterbacks who are being talked about going number two overall in the NFL draft. So I think if there if there was a quarterback to beat. Clemson with this Ohio State football team, it would be Justin Fields. But his play definitely does have to be elevated. The two interceptions against Northwestern, that's not going to cut it against Clemson. If you give Clemson's defense or Clemson's offense the ball back in plus territory, they're going to score. So Justin Fields does have to play to the top of his potential. And if he truly does, I think they win this game. I mean, they, they did have a top of the line quarterback, but they let him go to LSU. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Um, final predictions, final, uh, who we think is going to win. Uh, I'll, I'll just start with me. I think it's going to be Alabama. Pretty easy. Connor. Yeah, it's gotta be Alabama. As much as it pains me to say that Alabama is just the top team in college football. Tommy. I think it's going to be Clemson. I think they're going to surprise some people. I think they're going to beat them in the national championship game. And Mike. Tommy, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be Clemson. Too. It's going to be a really tough game in the finals. But um, I feel like Clemson, ever since Trevor Lawrence has returned, they, they've just been on a tear. And uh, once again, the Alabama defense uh, worries me just a little. They could get lit up. I, I, I honestly thought that was going to go one-sided the whole way. I thought that was very one-sided. We'll just have to see. I, th- I think it's going to be Clemson, Alabama. That would be an incredible game. If it was, oh, if it was Ohio State, Alabama, Alabama would just tear it up. You know, Ohio State's a little overrated. Uh, could win. Well, I guess the last question that we have for our uh, college football thing here is obviously the Heisman gets announced January 5th, I believe. So we're talking about college football today. We're going to talk about the Heisman today. The final four, Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, and then Kyle Trask of the Florida Gators. Um, all of them had amazing seasons through this entire season of what they had to go through with COVID regulations and all of these cancellations and Trevor Lawrence actually had COVID and he was able to come back and play extremely well. So I want to get you guys' opinions on who you think is going to be hoisting that Heisman trophy at the beginning of January. Mike, I'm going to throw it to you first. Gosh, this is such um, a tough question there. I mean, Kyle Trask, all of them are absolutely fantastic in their own right. Um, but I'm going to have to go with uh, Kyle Trask here. And that's because just he's leading um, all of college football in yards, touchdowns, and he only has five interceptions. Well, Mac Jones, um, he's like 400 yards behind him, I think, and however many touchdowns with by far the best receiver in college football this year with Devontae Smith. Um, I feel like it, it's kind of a, a two-man race at this point with Kyle Trask and uh, Devontae Smith. I mean, that, that's not taking any with anything away from Mac Jones, but um, over a third of his yards went, went to Devontae Smith. So I feel like he relied heavily on him. 
And while Kyle Trask, he was spreading the ball around. Um, Kyle Pitts is a great tight end slash receiver in Florida. He's going to go in the top 10 this year. But other than that, uh, Kyle Trask has, has done more with less. And I, I got to go with him. Matt, I'm going to throw it to you. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Mac Jones. I think this is obviously it's a quarterback dominated trophy. It's a quarterback dominated uh, accomplishment, achievement, whatever you want to say. Um, so I think I think Devonta Smith deserves it out of the most of them. But I'm going to I think Mac Jones has just played terrific for Alabama. He's kind of been that uh, focal point of that Alabama offense, given that he's under center and he's throwing the ball. Um, and he, like, you know, he is second to Kyle Trask, like Mike said, but his completion percentage is at 76.5 and he has the best passer rating and completion percentage um, in the college, in college football. And I just think that that shows how effective he is throwing the ball. He does have the best uh, receiver in the game right now, given uh, Devonta Smith, but I still think he he's playing leaps and bounds ahead of uh, the average quarterback, not Kyle Trask, but the average quarterback in college football. So I'm going to give it to Mac Jones leading the best team in the nation right now. Tommy, who's your pick? Yeah, this was a tough one. Initially I was thinking maybe Trevor Lawrence, but I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to go with Devonta Smith. Um, You mentioned the great year that he's had and, you know, I was thinking about Trevor Lawrence, but the more I thought about it, Clemson or well, no, Trevor rather only played six games in the regular season. Um, he was out due to COVID, which, you know, that's not his fault. But at the same time, I think that that will hurt his Heisman case just because some of these other players played a full season. And, uh, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Trevor. He put together a great year, but um you know, for me, it's got to be that uh, Smith put together a really good year um, all around. And uh, I'm looking at some of his numbers here. Um, let's take a look. But no, I mean, he put together a really good season for Alabama. And I think that you touched on a lot of it. But um, yeah, I, he's my pick. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Tommy and go Devontae Smith just to put some some numbers to the words. He had 98 catches. 1,511 yards and 17 touchdowns in nine games. That's 15.4 average yards per carry. Now, the last wide receiver to to win the Heisman was Desmond Howard back in 1991. And Desmond Howard's numbers, he had 61 catches for 960 yards and 19 scores in 12 games. What what Devonta Smith did in nine games is, is way above what Desmond Howard did there for Michigan back in 1991. So, I mean... Mike said it was a two-man race between Kyle Trask and and Devonta Smith. I'm going to say it's probably a two-man race between Devonta Smith and Mac Jones, and I think Mac Jones is going to get the better of his quarterback. I mean, I, I didn't touch on this, but I touched on his completion percentage, but he's actually second single season right now behind Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy is 76.7, Mac Jones 76.5. Behind him, Joe Burrow last year's winner, 76.3. Mac Jones has just been playing absolutely effective and he's the one throwing the ball. I would give him, he's the one throwing the ball to Devonta Smith. I don't think, I think if it was a, a typical college quarterback, Devonta Smith would not have any numbers close to relative what he has now. I mean, he would still be a, a leader on the team receiver wise, but he would not have uh, the amount of yards that he does right now. Okay, I, I get, you know, Mac Jones has been great this whole year, but Cal Trask has 11 more touchdowns than him. Once again, 
over a third of his yards has got have gone to the best receiver in college football, Devontae Smith. So I, I don't really get this narrative where Mac Jones, yeah, yeah, he has a better completion percentage, whatever, right? What what I'm caring about right now is that he has 400 more yards to many more different receivers. His offense is much more reliant upon his skills than the Alabama's offense is reliant upon uh, Mac Jones' skills. I would argue that they are much more reliant on Najee Harris and Devontae Smith, while uh, that whole Florida offense is centered around Kyle Trask. And he only has one more interception than uh, Mac Jones. Yeah, Mac Jones has a better uh, completion completion percentage and passer rating, but Kyle Trask just absolutely trumps him in every other statistical category with way less premier weapons around him. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, you, you make a good point about the weapons, but you do have to remember that he has Kyle Pitts, one of the best red zone threats. I'm not saying that Devonta Smith is – well, Devonta Smith is probably a better red zone threat, but he also is one of the best red zone threats, and he's a tight end too. Um, and you think about the parallel that they both have. I mean, last year we saw Kyle Pitts. He wasn't – or not Kyle Pitts, Kyle Trask rather. He wasn't anywhere close to where he is now uh, statistic, statistically, and neither was Kyle Pitts. So the parallel that they're both doing good – is because they're benefiting off each other, in which Mac Jones and Devonta Smith are too, but he's leading the best team in the nation. I, I, I understand that whole thing, but when Mac Jones replaced Tua last year, they missed the college football playoffs. That that does not happen out in Alabama football. And uh, Kyle Pitts, yeah, he has 12 touchdowns on the year, but he only has 770 yards. That, that's half of what Devonta Smith has. The Heisman is also a single season accomplishment, so we can't mention mention them missing it last year in comparison to this year's stats. I told I totally agree, but I I was just rebuttaling um, Matt's point about last season. Contrasting necessarily, I'm just saying that they're benefiting off each other. But also to point out is that Caltrash does have more touchdowns, but they don't have a rushing game. They don't have a running game at Florida when Alabama does. So. They can in in the red zone, or they or whenever they could run the ball, and Najee Harris can get a touchdown there. Where I think Florida has to score a touchdown through throwing, unless they're in the uh, the five within. The yeah, five. exactly. That that just makes my point for me that Kyle Trask is much more important to the Florida oh, offense than Mac Jones is to the Alabama offense. No, I'm just saying that's why probably that's one of the reasons why Kyle Trask has more touchdowns than Mac Jones. It's not because Kyle Trask is a better quarterback or not. Another thing I want to mention for the Florida offense is we mentioned Kyle Pitts, who's a great tight end, but also they have Kadarius Toney, who is a very good slot receiver, who had 70 catches for 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns on the year. I mean, that's another reason why Kyle Trask has been very successful. I mean, he also has very viable targets. I mean, Devonta Smith, yeah, maybe he was the Alabama's um, passing game entire offense because he was the best wide receiver in the nation. But Kyle Trask, I mean, he spread the ball out more. That doesn't I, that's not bad on Mac Jones, though. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not a part of this argument because I believe Devonta Smith is getting the Heisman Trophy. But, but if I had to choose a number two, I would. It would have to be Mac Jones here, and that that's because of the level of play. They're the number one team in the country. Like, like the Heisman Trophy is also considered like the the MVP award, so to speak, in the NBA and in the NFL. And the MVP award oftentimes goes to the best player who can lead their team to the 
their best season. And, and that's what Mac Jones is doing. And Kyle Trask is leading a nine and three Florida Gators team. Oh, I understand that Alabama is a much better team than uh, Florida, right? Obviously Alabama has much more talent surrounding Mac Jones than Florida does, you know, I mean, than Kyle Trask has around him in Florida. But Kyle Trask has just lifted this Florida team to a place that they've never been in years. And they only lost to Alabama by six last week. They lit up a Nick Saban defense. That does not happen very often. I mean, we could continue about this argument. Obviously, I have my foot in the ground saying that Kyle Trask is much more deserving of the Heisman uh, Trophy than Mac Jones. I'm not saying that, you know, obviously, depending on what the voters do, Mac Jones can 100% be the Heisman, but um, personally for me, I would, it, it, it's a toss up between Devontae Smith and Kyle Trask just because they've been so dominant in their own right. Um, so yeah, I'll just leave it there. I mean, I, I'm just going to leave this. Mac Jones actually has the, the highest passing efficiency rating, which is a passer rating in a uh, single season record. He's got the record over Burrow right now, 202.3 Burrow at 202. So He's just been an effective thrower. I think Kyle Trask is amazing, though, too. I think he's going to succeed uh, in the NFL. I think both of them will. But um, my pick is Mac Jones. Well, I think I think this has been a great debate for the first episode after the holiday season back in Goat Chat. We're going to swing it in. We still have two Goat Pick games for you. The, the two college football playoff games that we picked in this segment, those are a part of Goat Picks. So we all went Alabama, and then I went Ohio State versus all three of them going Clemson. Those are for GOAT picks. Those are going to be the first two games of the new season, season number three of GOAT picks. But we do have two more games to wrap up season number two. Those are going to come up next, and we are going to finish out GOAT of the week. But we are going to be back with that right after this. <laughs> Welcome back to GOAT Chat, and we are now here with the two final games of this season's GOAT picks. And unfortunately, I will not be partaking in holding up that trophy at the end of the season two. It's going to be down to, to Mike and Matt. One of them is going to take the crown off of my head. Uh, Mike currently holds a one-game lead after, after a, a tough NBA or NFL slate rather on Sunday. It's going to come down to two games. We have a college football game and an NBA game. We're going to start with the NBA game. It's going to be a rematch of the Eastern Conference semifinals. It is the Bucks versus this Miami Heat. Mike, you have the first pick. Who wins this game? Um, you know, I, I'm glad that Connor was talking all that smack and now, now he's not even running in the final legs of this round, you know, but anyways, you know, good job to Matt, you know, it's him and I here, but, uh, I'm going to go with the Bucks here. I think that they're going to bounce back after an embarrassing 20 point loss against the Knicks. I mean, that's just absolutely horrible. I think Giannis is going to come back with a, with a fire in them and they have a uh, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton to uh, take some of that pressure off him um, if Miami tries to go back with that defense they had against him in the Eastern Conference semis last year. So I think it will be the Bucks in this one. Well, now Matt's going to be tied because the Miami Heat are obviously going to win this game. Matt? I'm going to go with the Miami Heat. I mean, in a regular day, I'd be going with the Bucks, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm third. I'm going to go with the Heat. It's pretty obvious. Um, Tommy? I'm going to go with the Bucks. I agree with you, Mike. I just think that they're going to bounce back. That's not them to lose to the Knicks by 20. I don't think that's going to be the Bucks team that we see all season. They're going to get back on track with a big win against the Heat. All right, now potentially the biggest game of GOAT picks. 
It is a Wednesday college football game, six versus seven, Florida versus Oklahoma in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. Mike, you were arguing for Kyle Trask for the Heisman. Does he bring the Florida Gators a Cotton Bowl win? Listen, I, I really dug my feet in with Kyle Trask for a Heisman there. Oklahoma is a really good team. They, they beat Iowa State last week. Um, they've had a couple imp- impressive performances across the season, but I really don't think that none of them were impressed as uh, Kyle Trask and Florida's performance just as a whole last week against Alabama. They, they really gave them a run for the money. So I'm going to go with Florida here, putting all, all my eggs in one basket with Kyle Trask. You know, he, he better lead me to the, the promised land, and I'm, I'm picking them to win. Now, Matt. I mean, I have to go with Oklahoma. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna put all my eggs in Lincoln Riley's basket. I think he's he's the more superior coach here. So uh, let's go Sooners. I don't even like the Sooners. Whatever. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go Florida here along with Kyle Trask and and Mike. I think they're just the much better team. I think mean, they put up 46 points against Alabama. I think they're gonna be able to continue this and have a good end to their season. Finish potentially 10 and three on the year. Tommy. Yeah, I agree with you, Connor and Mike. I think that Florida is just the better team, like you said. I think they're going to come out with the win. Mike convinced me. He had a good argument there for Kyle Trask. So I have to go uh, with Florida. Although Oklahoma is a really good team, I think it will be a good game. But, um, yeah, Florida is going to come out on top. For people who don't even know like what we're doing, like that I have to go against, everyone's going to think I'm an idiot (laughs) for picking them for not even if they don't even know that I have to go against but uh I just hope for the best I don't know there you go those are the last two games of season two of goal picks and just to review the Ohio State Clemson and Alabama um Notre Dame games are going to be on the third slate third season so to speak of goat um of goat picks so those are going to be on the the um pick them this week and those are just going to count for the next um next season so that's going to be all from goal picks we're going to wrap this episode up with another great go to the week segment and then we will get you guys on out of here we'll be right back welcome back to go chat we are back with the go to the week we haven't done go to the week in a while so i don't know if you guys remember but the last winner was actually mike finally finally won he had lamar jackson i'm pretty sure is that right yep first time it was the poop game yeah it was it was a game that (laughs) We're not going to call it that, Connor, but, yep, it was that game. <laughs> <laughs> so, at the leaderboard, I'm still on the top. I think uh, I'm sitting there, and then uh, the rest of the gang are behind me. But we got we got some great picks. Obviously, the Christmas season, um, holiday season, rather, just came around. So, I'd like to hear your guys' pick. Tommy, I'm going to start with you. I hear you got a really good pick. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's going to win, but I think it's a good pick. I'm going to go with the GM of the San Diego Padres. Oh. AJ Preller, he had an incredible 24-hour stretch where he made three acquisitions for the team, traded for Blake Snell, which, you know, that came out of nowhere. I didn't even see that coming. Then um, they signed an international prospect. I forget his name. Well, I I know his name. I'm probably not going to pronounce it correctly, Um, but he's an infielder, and, uh, you know, I think that's a good move as well. And then they acquired you Darvish yesterday as well. They, um, they traded for him in a seven player deal and they also acquired catcher Victor Carantini, who is a really good um, up and coming player. So, you know, I, 
I can't even believe that that happened in 24 hours. I've never seen anything like it. So um, he's got to be my go of the week because that Padres team, we saw what they were able to do last year, and now they're in an even better position. So um, he is my go of the week. Do you think the Padres are World Series contenders, Tommy? I think they are contenders, of course. I think they were last year, and now that rotation with Darvish and uh, Snell and you know Mike Clevenger – who they acquired at the trade deadline last year. That's a really great rotation. So, yeah, they're in great shape. All right, back to the go to the week. Connor, who is your go to the week? Yeah, first, just to comment on the baseball, I definitely think the Padres are getting a lot better. I mean, you have Fernando Tatis, who's playing the top of his game. Manny Machado's just going to – he's playing top of the line. I, I truly believe that them bringing in those two pitchers are going to be be great for the Padres, and they're going to they're gonna give the Dodgers a run for their money on a, on a repeat chance in the NL. But for my go to the week, I do have to go with Stefan Diggs. He led, he along with Josh Allen led the Buffalo Bills to a Monday night victory over the New England Patriots, 38 to nine. He had nine catches for 145 yards and three touchdowns. And then on top of that, he had 100 catches, 120 catches in the NFL year that leads the NFL. He also has 1,459 yards, which also leads the NFL. I mean, he he's had a absolutely great season. And just to add on to it, from Monday night, he's playing top of the line he's found his home in buffalo mike okay well first before i say my go of the week we're talking about go of the week not go of the year okay connor so calm calm down with all those yearly stats about stefan leading the nfl in receptions or whatnot right anyways i'm going with someone much more impressive than stefan Diggs. and keep in mind this man was benched at halftime because they were destroying the lines so much. They scored 34 points in the first half. Tom Brady threw for 348 yards, four touchdowns, had a near-perfect QBR, and a perfect pass rating. And, yes, I know Matt's going to reveal his pick next. I, I know it, that's probably going to win. Let me make my case for Brady. He did all of this in the first half, in one single half. So say he played his, his second half, right? And say he only did half of what he did in the first half, right? That's 500 yards, six touchdowns, and a perfect passer rating with no interceptions. But Brady was absolutely so phenomenal. He was phenomenal, right? And Alvin Kamara just had a few goal line touches. That's my case for Tom Brady. He's this week's go of the week, and he should win. He was playing the Lions, dude. Stephon Diggs went up against the New England Patriots defense, which is always amazing. Adoree Jackson, I mean, come on. Always amazing. They've gotten lit up the past however many weeks. I don't mean to say Dory Jackson. He's on the Titans. I mean, J.C. Yeah, I was like, what? J.C. Jackson. J.C. Jackson. Go ahead, Matt. Go ahead, Matt. You're, give us give us another go to the week win. All right. Um, man, where to start? This guy, this was a Christmas miracle for many fantasy owners. Alvin Kamara, he had 155 yards, six touchdowns. Um, and to go with history – he is tied for the most in NFL history with Ernie Nevers of the Chicago Cardinals uh, for six touchdowns in a game. And Tom had a great game. You talk about uh, his first half, but he didn't tie any records because Aaron Rodgers tossed six touchdowns in one half. So didn't, didn't uh, break that record in one half. So I'm going to have to go with Alvin Kamara. He's it, come on, six touchdowns, six touchdowns. Also, the cherry on top is he won Drew Brees' son's fantasy for him. 
I'm at a loss of words. This guy was a Christmas miracle. I, absolutely unbelievable. Record uh, tying, I guess. Could have been a record breaker if he got one more touchdown. But still, Alvin Kamara is going to win the go of the week. I don't I don't have to uh, tell you guys that twice. Yeah, yeah, whatever. End of the, end, end of the episode. Done. I mean, we'll it's always good to get back on here after the holiday season, talk with the guys. We hope that we're giving you guys good content. We hope you guys have a very merry, a happy new year. You had a good holiday season. And we're going to be back again on Saturday.